I call AMCC my secret weapon. Somebody asks me a question in the community here, do I know about XYZ? And I go out on our coconut telegraph, who knows about XYZ? And I get an answer and I look like the smartest person in the room. That voice is Dr. Talinda Larson talking about how AMCC can help you and other leaders in your region strengthen your manufacturing community. Learn how Utah is helping to lead America's manufacturing renaissance up next on this edition of Manufacturing an American Century. Welcome, Americans. You're listening to the podcast, Manufacturing an American Century, with your host, Matt Bogosian. Talinda, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you so much, Matt. It's uh, been wonderful working with AMCC over the years. I joined UAMI, which stands for Utah Advanced Materials and Advanced Manufacturing Initiative, in February 2020. And the first thing uh, that my predecessor, Jeff Edwards, did was take me to Washington for the convening, the second convening of the AMCC stakeholders. And that's where I first met you and the yeah, team. I know. It was a great meeting. Yeah, and it's been a, a, a great journey together. T tell folks that you know may not be familiar with uh, you know regional uh, economic development um, how it worked for you in trying to help um, bring together regional uh, local regional state leaders in in your neck of the woods in Utah come together yeah what we've been able to do here in Utah and again we're all, for our organization it's all manufacturing focus and the lead organization in the state is our Utah MEP Alliance, of which we have six organizations that are focused on manufacturing, all working together, rowing the same direction in our rowboat to elevate manufacturing the state. And by doing this, we have taken our state investment. Uh, for example, last year in 2022, the state legislature invested $2.8 million in uh, the Utah MEP Alliance. And for that $2.8 million, our alliance partners, we all met with 125 companies. And from those 125 companies, we generated additional state tax revenue of $30.8 million. We created almost 5,000 jobs, and we uh, also had employee wages of almost $300 million. So it just shows by working in collaboration with all the organizations focused on manufacturing, we've been able to have significant impacts on the industry. So you've been, you've been lifting up people that live in Utah, helping to create good-paying jobs and, and creating uh, stronger economic development by focusing on the manufacturing cornerstone. Is that right? That's correct. And yeah. our primary focus is the small businesses. We also partner with the larger businesses because they use our small businesses as vendors. Right. So it is a complete ecosystem of both large and small manufacturers, although our programs that we are implementing here in Utah are very much focused on our small businesses. Right. So you, you used a, a great word there, ecosystem, Talinda. And, and uh, you know, it, 
we have you know roughly uh, somewhere around 300,000 manufacturers around the country and you know we're in this international competition um, uh, and if America is going to win the 21st century we need our manufacturing sector across the board thrive especially in those key industries but it's complex work and and the manufacturers you know they make products that add value to our economy they uh, make products that that pay a living wage um, but but they can't do it alone they need an ecosystem of support around them and and in every region the ecosystem has been supporting their manufacturers in one way or another but uh, in many places, uh, it has gone as well as it could be. And so uh, tell, talk a little bit about how Utah uh, has organized itself to strengthen its own manufacturing ecosystem. You know, the workforce part of it, the supply chain, the capital access, all these seemingly complicated pieces of an ecosystem can be understood and through teamwork. Uh, the different public and private players can work together to strengthen that manufacturing ecosystem. Talk about, you know, obviously you, you guys are not intimidated by the scope of the challenge. Talk no, about, not at all. Yeah, so talk about not that. Not at all. Yeah. Again, I go back to the Utah MEP Alliance. Uh, that's our magic formula is that we meet regularly we share our best practices we Who, who's first, in that to linda well yeah. first of all we rationalized our swim line lanes in 2020 when we established the alliance and in the alliance we have two universities university of utah and the utah state university university of utah has the mep designation from nist and they then the utah state university manages our supply chain tool known as connects we have Impact Utah that implements the NIST MEP training programs, the Six Sigma, the Lean, the Revenue Generation, and all those fabulous training programs. Then we have us, UAMI, which is focused on advanced manufacturing. We have the Utah Manufacturing Association, which is our, our entree into the National Association of Manufacturers, NAM and they represent all manufacturers across the state. And then finally, our sixth member of our alliance is the World Trade Center. And through the World Trade Center, we are able to help our manufacturers with exporting and looking at international trade. So it's really through that alliance that we're able to elevate the businesses, the small businesses. Now, UAMI, is just focused on the advanced manufacturing part of the equation here in Utah. And what is that? So first you have these companies that are using advanced materials. And advanced materials are composites, carbon fiber, and new polymers. And advanced manufacturing is 3D printing, digital engineering, and robotics. So we call it the leading edge of manufacturing. But as a group, one of our issues in the workforce is an understanding that it's not your grandfather's manufacturing industry anymore. It's not smokestacks and dirty business. It's high-tech, sophisticated software. It's being able to handle quality control. There's a lot of opportunities for diversity 
because each of the companies have such a wide range of job openings and job offerings. So we form a, a foundation here in Utah to move forward this, what we call emerging part of manufacturing. So you all have uh, organized yourself in, in Utah in recent years to all be rowing in the same direction. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, we're all in the same boat and we're all rowing in the same direction. Yeah, so very exciting. And, you know, at the uh, the opening of the podcast, we talk about kind of key elements that are essential for a thriving manufacturing uh, ecosystem. One of those is workforce. And you just mm-hmm. talked about workforce, the importance of uh, strengthening the workforce and training ecosystem as a part of the, the entire manufacturing community ecosystem. Talk about how in Utah you are uh, tapping into uh, you know, a, dur- a diverse workforce uh, because we need all Americans to rise together. Absolutely. What we have here in Utah is some really good programs that are offered at a state level. We call something called Talent Ready Utah. We have um, apprenticeship programs. We have programs that uh, help to retrain workers into manufacturing from other sectors. We have something that's so exciting called the Utah Aerospace Pathways Program where we help high school students be introduced to aerospace industry and manufacturing. Um, So we have a whole group, a whole portfolio of state-led programs. But what we have found at the Utah MEP Alliance is that academia likes to do things the way they like to do, which is not necessarily the way industry needs things to be done. So we have organized and have as a key hallmark of the Utah MEP Alliance workforce programs that we're directly involving industry in helping to morph some of these state programs and helping them to better represent what industry needs rather than giving industry what academia can produce. And that's been really exciting. We're rolling out this whole new apprentice program, which begins that process of having more involvement of industry in the workforce. But we have the same problem that there are across the nation, and that's metrics. You know, how do we measure our success? How do we know that we are truly making a difference in workforce? In Utah, we have our economic engine called Hill Air Force Base. And at Hill Air Force Base, there are several programs. One of them is called the Nuclear Weapons Program. Now that program is a $83 billion program where we're retrofitting our missiles that are used to protect our nation, um, intercontinental missiles program, so that you know we can shoot down anything that comes into our airspace. It's a very exciting program, but the demand for workers over the next five years far exceeds our supply. They're looking at needing 6,000 workers. They have to hire one engineer a day just to keep up with the program, and, and we don't have, we need to do much more on workforce. And then as far as bringing in diversity, since we can grow our own and start our programs at kindergarten, We can also partner with some of our underrepresented communities, such as working with the Utah Black Chamber of Commerce, Utah Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, even looking at disability programs like the Columbus Project, looking at women programs under the Utah Women Leadership Initiative, 
and the New Americans, where the governor's office is helping our our migration, we have been a state that has been very welcoming of any refugees that come to the United States. We say, come here out to Utah, and we will help you. We will help you find a job. We'll help you find housing, help get your children educated. So we're looking at all these pockets of potential workers, vendors, and customers to feed into our workforce, not just the traditional programs. So we're recording this uh, here in Salt Lake City. This is um, the first stop on AMCC's uh, many uh, road shows that we're going to be doing around the country. And we're uh, lucky enough to have uh, Talinda arrange a, a whole slew of meetings uh, for AMCC so that we can learn about their best practices and elevate them and share them around the country. We're hoping to stop to many, many regions around the country. Um, and and uh, we certainly appreciate your leadership, Talinda, in, in helping us um, learn about all of, all of the good things that are happening in Utah. You're fired up about this. Like oh, on totally. Your, on your personal journey, right? Yes. You know? um, but <laughs> Talk about why you're so fired up about it. Because, because I think, um, and, and we've seen that from different regional leaders around the country, that they're really fired up about doing this kind of collective impact type work. How did you come to it, and why are you so fired up about it? Yeah. I'm fired up about it because with these federal programs that we are now, UAMI is now implementing, when I came to UAMI in February of 2020, we had one federal program, and that's the Small Business Administration Regional Innovation Cluster Program, which is also a community-based program. Uh, and that was our only federal program to help our small businesses. Well, now we have eight different federal programs helping our small businesses. So it's been very satisfying to see the needle being moved to really be able to have an impact through these programs on these small businesses and, and see the economics that we're able to generate for the state and some really good jobs. Going back to that SBA regional innovation cluster program, in the four years that we've been administering the program, the federal government through the SBA has invested $2 million in UAMI for our programs. We have, through that, been able to generate another $32 million in capital flowing to the small business. We increased jobs by 500, and it's just been really so impactful. As I think you've said in other podcasts and other forums, uh, manufacturing is a great investment because the returns are phenomenal. Can you say a little bit about that and how this new approach is really invigorating local and regional state leadership to take control and run the show? So with these programs that UAMI is implementing, and we are the arm within the Utah MEP Alliance that does goes after the grants, goes after the innovation programs, and helps to both through research and development in addition to the workforce side. I mean, we are looking at supply chain, we're looking at research, uh, do a holistic ecosystem approach to the nation, to our state and our role in the nation's um, manufacturing industry. And our, our key industries here, while aerospace and defense is dominant, we also are very large participants in the outdoor rec, a lot of skis and 
snowboards and bikes are using our advanced materials and advanced manufacturing and also medical a big area for medical is prosthetics using carbon fiber so what these bottom-up programs do is it it gives the driver's seat to the community to customize and design programs that will have the most impact in their region because every region is different and so our what would region, you say yeah what would you say to other regions that haven't done this before you know is it doable is it you know absolutely it's doable yeah. and the first thing is to organize and the second thing is to figure out where your gaps are and in that gap and where are your strengths what is your community's strength um, that is really big for utah once we had that designation of the regional innovation cluster program around advanced manufacturing advanced materials that really set us up so that we were able to have a focused approach to this new leading edge of manufacturing but it's led to bringing in all manufacturers for example through our efforts um, at UAMI and under the Defense Manufacturing Community Support Program, we conducted three research thought leadership uh, reports on reshoring. And that was elevated to the governor. And the governor last year took it on to reshore Utah. He brought it to the state legislature, and we call it the Modernizing Manufacturing Grant Program. So f under this program, Utah manufacturers have been able to buy equipment for automation. It truly is automation. And train the staff accordingly. So we, were, we had 22 companies that received these grants. This is money with no need to return it, no it was just straight a gift to the company to create manufacturing, um, elevate manufacturing and to make it modernization to help us better compete with China. If we can be more efficient and have more uh, automation, we can, we, can, we can finally compete. And now the governor has it in this year's budget and so we're optimistic that we'll get even more money this year this fiscal year for Utah and be able to have even more uh, investment. And, you know, we've talked about the number of communities that have responded to our different, um, our different initiatives like the build, the build Back Better where we had over 500 applicants. Well, we had $10 million and we had 180 million in requests. So clearly there is pent up demand to modernize manufacturing equipment, to push toward the automation. But these small businesses and large businesses don't have the resources to do it without a little bit of help from the state. And that's where it's, it, it's a triangle of state government, local gov government, and then industry and also academia to bring it all together here in Utah. Yeah, public-private partnerships and collective Absolute. impact. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And and this and, and it's good to have the federal government now in the game with exactly. this new model that is accessible to regions you know that haven't really been been engaging as strategically as they might. And so um, it's obvious that you guys in here in Utah are are uh, taking advantage of that and there's going to be more programs that the federal government are coming out with in the same kind of bottom-up model 
Uh, and it, we as an industry are lucky to have AMCC in the place it is. Oh, we appreciate that. Absolutely, I mean, because it's like a clearinghouse of understanding yeah. um, of what's out there and what's available. And hopefully with these meetings that we've had these last couple of days, perhaps we can develop a core competency for AMCC to help these communities identify grants, apply for the grants, submit the grants, and then win the grants, and then after they won them, to make sure they're in compliance to get the highest return on investment for the people's money. And even when the the competition, you don't win the competition, there's still benefits of organizing Absolutely. your region to go for some of these uh, designations and, you know, that come with sometimes with, with large amounts of funding. But even when they don't, they're still beneficial. Can you speak to that? Absolutely. So Utah was one of the 60 designated communities uh, that received a phase one Build Back Better grant. And we received 500,000 to develop your phase two proposal. Our phase one, our phase two proposal was focused on our coal communities in Utah because the coal has become a four letter word. It's also been looking for alternative uses for coal and, and being able to keep those communities to have their children stay home and work from home and work in the home environment. So that means we have to transition our coal industry in the coal states, coal counties, to other uses. And that's what our whole proposal was built around. Well, we did not make it to the 21 that were selected. But based on all the work that was done by the state of Utah, by the governor's office, they led the proposal. Um, now the communities themselves have picked up the gauntlet. And we now have an initiative called the Energy Rural Energy Ecosystem Project that we're hoping the state will put in some funding and will br build out the ecosystem of networking, of being able to get finance to help build out some of these ideas of an industrial park for energy conversion, for workforce, for all entrepreneurship to help the entrepreneurs in those regions develop jobs, good paying jobs that can keep their population in place and also just grow the whole industry. And our vision is that someday in the not too distant future that the world, the United States, will look to the coal counties of Utah for their leadership in earth products and energy, rural energy supply chain development. So there's going to be additional federal uh, competitions uh, that mm -hmm. are coming out. There's going to be a new Tech Hub program and many more to come because this model is really working, uh, helping empower uh, local, regional, state leaders to self-organize around the best evidence for um, for evidence-based policymaking. Um, and so, um, so it's important for regions to self-organize uh, and, and get that going. Um, can you say a little bit about how by participating in AMCC, how how you and Utah have benefited by hearing about uh, other regions and what they've done. How has that informed oh, your? Oh, totally. Yeah, we are we are the best copycatters that there are. <laughs> you know, I listened to a AMCC a Monday morning call, and somebody throws out an idea. I immediately reach out, and one of the ideas 
that was Southern California's was this matchmaking where they set up these matchmaking events where the primes or the OEMs, the big companies, um, would kind of virtually or some in California, they physically would sit in a room and have a speed dating with the smaller vendors. Well, we transformed that into speed dating for the vendors virtually through connects our our supply chain tool but that was a hundred percent copied from what we learned for amcc and then uh the reverse of that is we were on amcc call a couple of weeks ago and we were doing a round robin where everybody was talking and the state of florida said and we're going to do a girl scout badge program well again under the defense manufacturing community support program here in utah we're working with America Makes and Girl Scouts, uh, national Girl Scouts, and we're on the verge of releasing a new manage, additive manufacturing badge to the Girl Scouts of Utah. So anyway, I'm now on the board of the Girl Scouts of Utah, but that's, that's so then I reached out to F- Florida and Florida Makes and said, hey, don't reinvent the wheel and then was able to pull together the team at America Makes that has designed this national badge with national Girl Scouts with a whole curriculum and um, all the design of the badge. And so that's the reverse where uh, we were able to push one of our ideas into one of the other communities. But it is such a great forum for exchange. The another thing that I, let the secret out of the bag today with some of our meetings where I call AMCC my secret weapon. Somebody asks me a question in the community here, do I know about XYZ? And I go out on our coconut telegraph, (laughs) who knows about XYZ? And I get an answer and I look like the smartest person in the room. Yeah, well, that's what we're all trying to do is, is uh, lift each other up and make each other better. So, Linda, you've been gracious with your time. Thank you very much for that. Do you have any final messages for, uh, you know, people that might be listening to this podcast, uh, those that have been, you know, kind of in the game of organizing their regions or those that are thinking about, gosh, we can do better in our region. How, how do we, how do we uh, you know, strengthen our manufacturing ecosystem? Oh, well, number one become part of AMCC's weekly call. Hands down, that's the best way of learning. And then AMCC does these different webinars, and of course we're connected into the House Manufacturing Caucus, and you'll just learn so much. That's, that's where you should start. And don't be shy, ask for help, ask for questions, ask your questions. Utah was in the first cohort of Defense Manufacturing Community Support Program awardees. And so we've been very helpful in, re- in helping other communities structure their proposals and their responses. And so there's this, this just a lot of help. And then as we were going for the EDA Build Back Better and some of the other EDA programs, the state of Washington stepped up and, and helped us learn how to create a a winning proposal so join amcc's monday morning call make it religious and then reach out that's the biggest advice i can give anyone well thank you talinda dr talinda larson uami here in utah leading the way that's it for this edition of amcc's podcast You can learn more about AMCC and the good work Utah and other regions are doing around the nation by joining our weekly mailing list at American 
mcc.org backslash subscribe. If you're a manufacturer, economic development professional, workforce and trading person, capital provider, or work in any field critical to American manufacturing, send us a note. We'd love to hear about progress from your part of the ecosystem and join us on our Monday calls. The next episode of this podcast, Manufacturing in American Century, will be coming out soon. So in the meantime, spread the word by sharing about AMCC and the podcast on your Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Manufacturing in American Century is available on Spotify and all major podcast platforms. Thanks for our production partners, AMCC Operations Director David Van Sicklin and Mr. Mike McCallum from Podcasting for Associations. That's it for now. I'm Matt Bogosian with you, Manufacturing in American Century. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. My fellow citizens of the world, ask not what America will do for you, but what together we can do for the freedom of man.